Welcome to this week's Eccentric Minute, brought to you by Eccentric. In this week's Eccentric Minute, we'll discuss another one of our foundational exercises, and that is the K-Pulley Leg Drive. To execute this, you're going to need to set some sort of support right out in front of you where you're going to be about under your shoulders and allowing your body to extend out at a 45 degree angle. From here, you're going to let your hips sink straight back towards the K-Pulley, and I want you to push as hard as you can with your feet to drive your shoulders up and out at a 45 degree angle by extending your hip, knees, and ankles. This is a great exercise to start training your athletes to be up off their heels and to drive through the ball of their feet and their big toe as we move forward in training. Give this one a shot, guys. I think this is one that you're going to love and your athletes are really going to enjoy. I really hope you enjoyed this week's Eccentric Minute. Make sure you check them out at eccentric.com to find out everything you need about the K-Box and the K-Pulley. Being a strength and conditioning professional requires constant pursuit of better knowledge, better methods, and better means. But what if there was a place where strength and conditioning coaches could learn from some of the most innovative practitioners in the world, such as Jeff Moyer, Lachlan Wilmot, William Wayland, James the Thinker Smith, and Kirwenham Flat? Well, you could find multiple lectures from each of these top-level coaches and a few lectures and examples from yours truly as well, all in the Strength Coach Network. The Strength Coach Network is going to bring you well over a hundred different lectures from some of the top practitioners in the world to be your one-stop shop for your continuing education and professional development. So hop on over to strengthcoachnetwork.com slash today and get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. That's strengthcoachnetwork.com slash C-V-A-S-P-S to get your 48-hour trial for only a dollar. I look forward to seeing you in the Strength Coach Network. Hello, and welcome to the podcast. Today, we are going to discuss training modalities, mistakes we've made in the past, building relationships, and the importance of conversation with athletes with Todd Hammer. This was the first of our Instagram live talks that we've been doing lately, and this is really Really a talk that's chock full of just great nuggets. Ham has always been someone that's been super open to sharing and trying to help coaches be better. Um, so I really thought this was awesome. I hope you guys enjoyed this talk as much as I did. Let's get right to it. Hey. What up, Ham? What's up, brother? How are you? Man, I'm doing pretty all right. How are you? You know, let's see. Dog's good. Coffee's hot. You know, just surviving. Yeah. I miss the hair and I miss the beard. Uh, yeah, me too. The uh, I got a little hat head going on. Is my look now? You know the beard. You know it's. Uh, I hated the beard. It was terrible. Oh, it, was it was miserable. Come on, man! You got it fans was... showing up in the chat already. I love it. It is Guinness. Where's Ten? Uh, he's downstairs watching Moana. Okay. Yeah. So. Uh... He's, he's just chilling, doing his thing. You guys are shut down for right now? Yeah, we. Um, I had to make the call on Saturday. Um, me and my boss. So, a little history. Union Fitness is owned by um, basically uh, a real estate company um, who initially the gym in just as an amenity to the other businesses in town or the other businesses, the buildings they owned. And uh, it kind of just took off, mainly because you know, my predecessor, Casey, did such a great job with it 
that um, it just took off. And I, you know, from there, uh, I came in as general manager. And so I had to speak with my boss. Uh, we've been in constant contact. And basically, Saturday, we talked about it and I was like, it's going to happen. Why would we wait? To me, with what's going on, why wait? Um, you know, I made a post today, which probably upset some people where I said, I think it's irresponsible of colleges to still have scheduled lifts. Um, and it's not about me and the kids that were training. It's about them going home to their parents and their grandparents and being a carrier of a disease that, you know, is just for, it's, it's something new to us that we haven't had before. So I think it's important right now just to take it easy. And hopefully if we do that in two, three weeks, we're all back training, doing our thing. And, you know, Tim Belts is something a long time ago that always stuck with me. He said, early in my career, I would get so upset when Jamie Dixon would call and say, hey, we can't lift today. And he's like, that's our thing about it. It's like, is one lift really going to change things? Is it really going to make a difference? And you know what? Tim was right. And I know you know Timmy well. Mm -hmm. um, he's a wise man. No doubt. No doubt. Coach Mark Spellman, saw you on there. What's good, buddy? Thanks for hopping on. Um, but we got, we got some people rolling in, Han. So we might as well talk about what some things we were going to talk about and then open this up for a little question and answer. Uh, for I don't know. Can you see the questions, Ham, underneath? Uh, like I, people, like, scrolling through? Our uni teams all tra – oh, I lost that one. Training uh, for the next I'll while. Training for the next while. We've lots lot. of home minimalist programs. And I, I think that's the thing. Right after this, I'm, I'm going to hop on my personal page and just do a workout on my deck. Um, yes. The reality is – and you know this, you are as smart with the science of strength and conditioning as they come, right? You, you know things about actinomycin that I don't know. At the end of the day, people have to train. And if you can't squat, do a bodyweight squat. If you can't do a bodyweight squat, do a lunge. If you can't do a lunge, do an RDL. So what I'm doing for just on my page, I've seen a lot of other people doing, I think is great is, hey, here's some things. Let's all get together. Let's do a workout. Today, I'm going to do a little uh, isodynamic thing. So basically, we'll do an iso movement for 20 seconds, follow it with a dynamic for 20 seconds, rest 20 seconds, move to the next movement. Five exercises, three, four sets, depending on how fatigued I get uh, since I'm hosting it. <laughs> and, then, uh, and then just move on because one of my philosophies, philosophies is do not allow um, improvement to stand in the way of perfect, or I'm sorry, perfection to stand in the way of improvement. I think so often people look for perfection and it's like, well, if I can't do it perfect, I'm not going to do it. Or if I can't do it perfect, I'm going to change everything. It's like, no, just improve. If you can't, if you don't have a barbell at your disposal, you know, lunge up the hill. Jerry Rice got really good running up and down hills. Don't uh, overthink it. Yeah. Well, we're painting too, right? That was the big thing with him is that huge hill in Chicago. Oh, uh, hold on. I just saw a great question right here from my, my dude, uh, Mr. Holmes. How are you? Uh, D-training effects of four-plus weeks without a heavy load. That's more of a question for you because, to be honest with you, I don't know. Um, uh, you know, here's the thing. You're going to get weaker if you don't have a bar in your back in four weeks, if you're a heavy squatter, if you're a strong human being. Um, but, again, you can do things to, to – Mitigate that and hopefully, you know, keep your body in shape and use this as, hey, periodization. You know what? Let's mm -hmm. get in shape right now. Amio, how many times has Buddy said it? How many times are people talking about this now? There's no better exercise that you can do to get stronger, faster, more explosive than sprint. You know, like hey, a lot I of streets are going to be empty. A lot of hills are going to be empty. Sprint. Um, we are That's sending right. bodyweight programs out. 
that are going to be kind of best as possible following uh, Val Nisdaken's periodization model and looking at, you know, days that are more lactic, days that are more aerobic, days that are blah, 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 blah. But at the end of the day, like, if you're, if you're that worried right now about what, uh, Alan, you're my guy. If you're that worried that's about, that's a good about one. like what their squat numbers are going to be, you are missing the boat. Um, yeah, right. and dog, the dog, form dog. IRL, I couldn't agree more. And it's probably because Nick DeMarco and Cam and those guys and I agree on nine things out of ten. And, I, and you know, that's the ironic part. Um, by the way, I just saw Meg Burton, Richmond's finest swimmer, G-Dub swimmer. What's up, Meg? Um, Actually, it's her, it's her sister. She swims for Nova, but that's okay. Go ahead. <laughs> um, I, I, I see you made me lose my train of thought on that one. But, um, I mean, right now, take this opportunity uh, to get out, train. Um, I, I, I completely lost the train of thought, and I saw there was a, another question. It was um, – uh, oh, about the soft skills. Yeah, and, dude, and I, I want to actually, I think we should talk about that because one, Alan's a stud. Yep. And two, I think that this is something that you could contribute quite a ton to. Um, and I don't know, like, so let me read this because if we do record, if this recording is working, which would absolutely blow my mind that I figure this out, um, <laughs> people won't be able to see it if they're listening. So uh, from Alan Bishop, the too much data collection and soft skill emphasis before learning to master the craft of training athletes statement, not a question, but it is a great statement. And it is something that I think that if anybody could address, it's the Todd hammer. The, uh, that's Todd father to you. First off, Todd father. Sorry. <laughs> but I think, you know, you look at Brett Bartholomew, Fergus Conley, these really smart guys out there pumping information out right now in the industry. And they're all going to say the same thing. If you can't, communicate to people if you can't get people to trust in you and i've won as many battles as i've lost on that end i've had people trust me i've had people not trust me i've had people want to i've had people think i'm a genius and i'm an idiot in the same day in the same training session if you but your goal is to win over the masses to be a great leader and at the end of the day i'll say it i will stand by this trust and respect that's what you're building trust and respect you have to give it and you have to earn it back from those people that you're giving it to. And if you can earn trust and respect, then you could probably have success as a strength conditioning coach. And to some level, I don't care what the program is. What I care about are your people working hard for you. I um, I got to my current job, and it's not collegiate strength conditioning for the first time ever. And three young ladies came up and said, hey, we want you to program for our upcoming meet. And I was like, sure. And they said, would you do the meet? And I said, yeah, why not? So I just backed out of the meet. Um, I haven't canceled it yet, but I think they will. Um, but it, it's funny. The program was so basic. And, and the one young lady um, who I think she pulled like 102% for three last week. And she was frustrated she didn't get four. And I was thinking, you do realize 102% is 102%. You shouldn't do it for one. You did it for three. Like, except she's like, well, yeah, but. I think I was stronger than I showed before. I'm like, it, it doesn't matter. Whatever you showed is what you showed. If you can deadlift 225 pounds and you get to 235 for three, that's a distinct improvement. And again, the program was the most simple program. It was 
we squatted, we pressed, we, 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 uh, we deadlifted, we did a bunch of accessories, we did them hard, and that was it. And you know, during that time, we missed a couple sessions. Uh, one, you know, one young lady couldn't make it because she had dental surgery. One young lady couldn't make it she, her other job, and things come up in life, and we still had that success. So at the end of the day, it's just about training and just about pushing each other to be better. And, you know, the soft skills, trust your people, respect your people, show some love. Um, when Jamie and Christensen took over at G-Dub, um, I, you know, first meeting we had, he said, we're going to love our athletes. And I was like, all right, I'm, I'm on board with whatever you say, coach. If that's how you start with me, then we're good. You know, we're going to love these guys. We're going to show them love, and we're going to show them everything we have to help them improve as human beings, as athletes. And I was like, you got it, coach. Now, I mean, you saw they had a tough year this year. You know, maybe they'll win, maybe they won't win. But I'll be pulling for them just because of that philosophy. No doubt, man. I think, I think Alan's got a lot right there. I think, though, that you do as well. And, and it is just about communicating them and getting them to do what they need to do. And I think that it comes back to them understanding what your principles are and what fits and what's important and how you do things. I think that, I think that if we're moving now to the point where – we're shifting back to we need to talk more about how we're, we're actually teaching and, and getting these people, these young people to perform what we're asking them to perform at a higher level. Then I think that we're at a pretty good point because, you know, being one of the older heads in the game, you know, you've seen that. I'm out of the downs. game, brother. Yeah, but even the, just the strength game period, like, yeah. You've seen the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows of what people say is good, bad, or indifferent about where we're at. And, you know, there's still some of the, the timeless conversations of bilateral versus unilateral squatting and cleaning from the floor versus from the hang, if you even do it, and overhead for throwing athletes and benching for pitchers that'll always happen um, because – People just like to argue, but if we're going back and saying, hey, we need to, to swing this back the other way a bit and focus more on like the technical aspect of teaching, I think that especially with how the 21st century athlete is, I think that would say we're in a pretty good spot coaching I'll tell when you it comes what, I to our relationships. We are so much better than we were when I started in this field in 1999. We were having the arguments over hit versus not hit. And that was the biggest thing. You, you remember those days. Um, the one thing I think every strength coach and every – they need to work in an environment where they have nothing. You know, work in an environment where, you know, necessity becomes a mother of invention. Um, you remember me and – shout out my man Jim Roney. Jim's a man, right? Yeah, Jim, yeah. I mean, the weight room he laid out, you're still working out of. Um, yeah, yeah. And we used to train. Exactly. Great, great facility. We used to train at VCU, 6 a.m. We had two of those like pyramid style squat racks. We had the old cam uh, leg press Nautilus thing with the two by four that you pressed off of. Uh, we had a platform, a glued ham and dumbbells. And it was, I think, 1500 square feet broken into three different rooms. I had to train teams out there. Me and Jim were in there training and we were doing dumb things. We were watching the VHSs of Louis Simmons and going in there and being like, yes, we have to do Circumax. Let's see how many bands we can get attached. And we'd attach it. And we'd unrack the bar and the dumbbells would pick up because it was too, you know, not enough tension. You know, the band, the dumbbells were too light for the amount of band tension. 
and we I, I remember doing board presses and like unracking the bar and the bar was falling in my in my throat and almost dying and but we invented these things we tried we tried new things um honestly i at that point was too far down the west side ideology if you will where everything was everyone's squatting wide everyone has a box wide, everyone 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 as opposed to looking at each person's unique and that's a mistake i think and i think when you're trying to build a relationship with someone you can't say everyone's like this and everyone does this you have to appreciate their uniqueness i i'll give you a perfect example curtis miller who is um our director of customer engagement great guy good friend of mine curtis uh when i got there he was coaching a few people and i watched and i saw some things that i would have done differently and instead of saying in front of those people hey i would do this i said curtis why are you doing this and then he get, he justified it like one young man was flying down to the bar for his deadlift and i'm like no you need to take your time and i pulled curtis and said listen, I think he needs to slow down. What are your thoughts? And he said, I agree hundred percent. And I said, can I say it? He said, please don't. And I said, why? He said, because he's a head case. And if he takes his time down there, he's going to think about it. So right now we got to let that dude just fly down the bar, grab it, grip and rip it. He's not in any danger. It's still a safe movement. We'll get back to that in a few weeks, a few months, but you know, one or two cues is what Curtis was looking at. And that to me is a good coach like that right there. I said, Curtis, like, I know you're a good coach because you care. And you know what's best for this young man right now. Um, and you know, it's going to be one step, one step. We can't give you everything at once, just one step at a time. And that, to me, is how you become a good coach. And that's how you show people I care about you as a person. I care, hey, this for you is going to work right now. And my answer so often when people say, does this work? I go, for you right now, no. But maybe in six months. Because it might change. I saw another, let me see. Uh, I want to read this next comment here. Well said. I think we are at ground level. We can get back to moving. Generally, we have a unique opportunity to correct a lot of bad movement patterns going forward. I think, you know, correcting movement patterns is training. Training is correcting movement patterns. Correcting movement patterns is training. I think when you try to isolate things, you, you, you struggle. And don't, don't get me wrong on that. There's time and a place for isolation movements. There's time and a place to break down movements. There's time and a place um, to use correctives in a good manner. But I think if all you're ever doing is correcting, then why isn't everyone your athletes perfect? You know, you have to be correcting through training. Go Spiders. Fair statement. I, I like that. You know, and I think, although I do think that's part of, I think that's Louie coming out in you again a little bit, if I'm <laughs> going to be honest. Right? Because isn't that the whole idea of your accessory and special exercises and your max effort exercises are to correct what issues you may or may not have in the lifts? Well, I'll give you a perfect example. So I have, uh, and I actually saw you logged on. So Jocelyn, if you're listening, I'm talking about you. Uh, this young lady, she does CrossFit and she's working with us now, uh, doing a great job, covering a lot of things while, uh, while we're closed and I appreciate it. But uh, she was doing floor press and she was doing fives and she did SF five and she said, what do you think? I'm like, yeah, throw a five on each side, you'll be fine. And she did four and then she missed. And then again, this is, this is the West side of me coming out. I'm looking at it thinking, why would you miss that? Where's your grind? But then I forget as someone who trains in CrossFit, they know how to work through, you know, metabolically, they're going to keep going. But when you talk about that true grind, that's where they're going to have struggles because they haven't done that. That's, you know, the true max effort lifts when you're really trying to push yourself, when you're really trying to get to that one. And that's where I think when you look at Louis stuff, when you look at the West side stuff, you know, you want to teach someone to grind, 
hit some max effort lifts. Teach them that. It takes time. And some athletes, as you know, they're just like high strung and they can explode a rep and then miss the next rep. Oh yeah. And you know what? That might that's not necessarily wrong. Why would we want to slow that athlete down? Uh, don't slow the person down. Let them use their strength. And especially if you're looking at, say, you're, you're working with a basketball player. Hey, here, let me teach you how to grind. Why? Why? You know, how's that going to help? Brian Mann made a great point. Uh, I saw him this summer. We were having, having some beers together with your boy, Cav. And uh, actually, Brian was having whiskey, of course. Um, and Brian said, if a guy squats 500 at 0.3 meters per second, and then he squats 550 at point whatever, 1.8. Is he creating more force? Is he being more powerful? And that's, a, I think it's a great question because all you did is teach him how to grind. And you've probably seen the graph before is, you know, freshman year, max effort lift is at point three. Sophomore year, it's at, you know, whatever, two, four. Junior year, it's down at 1.8. And then by senior year, you have guys grinding at, at 0.16. Well, did they get stronger? Did they just learn how to grind? I think you have to balance that. Are you making them really good powerlifters or, or are you making them better athletes? I think there's a huge balance right now. And honestly, I don't have that answer. I don't know. You might know the signs, probably know the signs on that better than I do. Well, there's a lot of those arguments, right? Like there's the one where they say like, do athletes actually like that are going into the combine get faster and what are they doing? Because, you know, there's different equations you can look at when you're looking at like body weight versus speed and yada, 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 when it comes to power and force output. Um, but I think that what you're talking about is the reason why we stay away from max effort stuff is that, yeah, like I, I look at max effort stuff more of, it would be a, like a J ego thing. Like, it would be really cool to have a dozen guys who can squat double their body weight or, you know, can pull two and a half times their body weight. And, like, because that'd be cool. Because that'd be stuff that, like, you and I would really be really be keen on, right? Or, like, how many guys can bench 300 pounds? Like, like again, like, that'd be, that'd be great. But what does that matter? Like, are you, are you able to teach them to – to reverse the force right from down to up from up to down to can they bounce or they can they be elastic can you identify whether they push or they bounce can you can they sprint are they fast can they cut mm -hmm. can they put the ground and put their foot in the ground and change direction can they sit and guard somebody um you know can can a can a swimmer bend their knees and push their hips back to get into a position where they can actually get the starting block let alone talk about getting off the wall. I mean, we could talk about that until we're blue in the face. I mean, that's, that's stuff when you're talking about the role of max effort strength in that sport is, I don't even know if it's even existing, you know, because it's just like, it's almost isokinetic at most times because the water changes how you can pull and push and this, that, and the third. And are you really sinking when you hit the wall or are you just pushing? But what's funny is you notice that the people that are best at the wall or the people that best load the jump don't necessarily jump the best, but load the jump the best. So I don't know. But I know that, you know, when we talk about these things, risk and reward, I don't know if teaching them how to grind is as important as some of those other characters or characteristics and qualities, you know? 
Yeah, and, and I think you bring up, I mean, you, you bring up the outlier in swimming. Because the thing with swimmers, as we both know, is they're legitimately like fish out of water whenever they come to train. Some like, of them. Most swimmers I've worked with, they, they, they move like they're still swimming. I'm like, what do you, what, what, stop, just can you tighten up? And so they, I, if I, I haven't worked with swimming a ton throughout my career. There have been seasons when I was at Marist, I had swimming. That's UW oversaw it, but I'm assistant with them. Um, so I have worked with swimming, but I'm far from the expert on the sport. But honestly, I wouldn't probably be using a lot of max effort with swimmers. I mean, what's the point? Most of them, I can get them stronger through repetition. Um, I can 100%. get them stronger. I could just go five, three, one. Um, yeah. and, well, we and, do one by, so there's about two thirds of my Nova team. One of them actually is like a really good squatter that keeps hitting the like button over and over and over. Um, <laughs> I see those hearts. I know that not that many people like them. Yeah, no. Um, I would actually argue that I think that that's kind of the beauty behind the one by 20 though, right? Is that you're taking a group of people and you're putting them in a kind of a foreign environment and you're allowing them to take their time and let's see, Aiden's just going crazy with this. Um, allowing them to take their time and progress slowly and understand how to figure out these things without sitting there and putting them in a position where now like it's kind of like the beauty with five three one right you're just going to do a little bit more the next time when you're ready you do a little bit more the next time it's like that only you have more opportunities to do more the next time or not do more if you're not ready to do more so that's why I think that that works really well for these young people is it, it allows them to, to, to go at their own pace. Because I mean, that's a five, three, one, the APRE, any, mm-hmm. any program where I, I love open sets. You know, I love getting to the end saying you have one plus or two plus or three plus. It gives people the opportunity to challenge themselves. You know, it gives people that opportunity to say, where am I going? But it also gives, you don't have to test then because your last well, set gives it gives you data. Okay. One, one by 20 for president. I'll vote anyone right now, but I like that comment right there. <laughs> uh, uh, DeMeo hammer 2020. Oh, no uh, way. Not going to tell you who's president, who's vice president. You'll find out on election day. <laughs> but, uh, so I, I think when you have those open sets, it gives you data. I personally hate test day. Um, one of my issues with dealing with football was test day, test day, test day. Every, everything is always with football. Lead up to test day. What are you doing for test day? We're going to wait for test day. I'm like, I don't need a test day if I if I see a young man or a female, you know, if it's a different sport, hit 90% for five, I have data. I don't need to go and hit 100 next week. And I think that's a mistake we make too often. And I think football leads away in it. And I'm not attacking all football lift, uh, strength coaches. Because it's driven by the head coach, you know. I got to bench four hundred five. Have to everyone got bench four hundred five. That's the dumbest thing I ever heard, but it's repeated all the time. Um, I'm just reading these uh, equestrian team. Uh, wow, I, I don't know if I would max ever lift an equestrian team. I don't think I would. I think I would just try to make them generally fitter and stronger. But that's, I, I think that's Might be putting the cart in front of the horse. <laughs> oh boy. Um, <laughs> I hear I'm not looking stately anymore. Again, hat head, you know, didn't trim my beard up today, so I do appreciate that. Um, 
and, and you know, my man Mike Kelly with the great comments, just gravity. So I got to tell a quick story. My man Marcellus Branch played football at Robert Morris, was in the XFL, got picked up by the Steelers for a little bit. And he would always come in the weight room. And be like, I'm squatting today, coach. I'm squatting. Now, this guy benched 405 at corner. So very strong guy. And he would always say, it's just gravity. That's all it is. It's just gravity. And I always loved that because his mentality is what we all need. You know, just gravity, just overcome gravity. It could be a vertical jump, could be whatever you're doing. Gravity's pushing you down, you're overcoming it. Squatting, deadlifting, pressing, cleans, whatever your movement is. And I don't care what your movements are that you base your program around, as long as A, you're following specific adaptation to impose demand, and B, progressive overload. Are you somehow overloading the athlete? If you're doing one by 20, at some point, either technique got better, Maybe the time of the set got quicker because they're able to get through it easier. The weight got hit. I mean, there's multiple ways to overload without just add weight to the bar, add weight to the bar, add weight to the bar. And I think that's a mistake people make sometimes is how did, did you shorten rest periods? Did you get through a set faster? Like I said, was technique better? I truly believe if technique was better, I'll count that as progressive overload for this week. Now you probably have to add weight in the future, but any of those things could be progressive overload. Well, I think, too, that the subjective aspect of that is important, too, right? Like, uh, if you're not able to take a step back and, and ask, what do you think, you know, when they finish the set, you know, like, sitting there and just saying, yeah, that was better because it looked better. What if it felt like a bathroom wall on their back? Like, it doesn't matter, <laughs> you know? I've never felt a bathroom wall on my back. Um, one time at a concert, I felt when the uh, Porta John tipped over. Well, I'll tell you that story over some beers at Junietta. Um, but no, I agree. I mean, there, there it is right there, asking your athlete the question. You know, um, I don't remember who, who it might have been you, it might have been man, it might have been someone smarter than me. But they were talking basically about um, how subjective questionnaires were just as good as any data we were getting. I think we were talking about whoop when everybody gets this whoop craze. And everyone's buying whoop around me and, I'm, and I politely, I'm like, please don't. And they're like, why? And I say, I don't know. I have to talk to Jay. He knows more about it than I do, but I trust his opinion. Um, and ask people, how do you feel today? Like right now, I feel pretty good. I'd probably have a pretty good lift if I went in. You know, nine out of 10 times I'm right based upon how I feel. I didn't even get a great night's sleep last night. Um, me and my son decided to camp out. We set TP up in the uh, living room. So I slept half on the couch, half on the floor. I was all over the place. But right now, I feel like I'd have a good training day. So I think just asking those simple questions is huge. No doubt. All right, Ham, I don't want to take too much of your time. No, I appreciate you. We're going to go do a workout on my page. If you want to come over, let's go. I'm going to hop over there and uh, and check that out too, brother. But no, nah, dude, appreciate your time. Hopefully, I've actually been recording this, and it'll work, and uh, and we can go from there. But yeah, man, always, bro. Great to see you. Glad you're doing great, and keep kicking butt up there. I appreciate you, my man. Talk to you soon and keep doing what you're doing. Yeah, bro. Cheers. And a huge thanks to Todd Hammer for spending the time with us. Guys, again, Ham's just someone that's always been out there trying to find a better way to, to communicate, to motivate, to develop the athletes that he gets to work with. And has always been a person that's been open and honest and candid with his sharing. I can't thank Todd enough for everything he's doing to help us all be better. I really and truly hope that y'all enjoyed this conversation as much as I did. And if you did... Please share it through the social media outlet of your choice, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, whatever it may be. As always, we're just trying to get the best information out there to all the great coaches that we can. 
And as always, guys, thank you for everything that you do for us here at Central Virginia Sport Performance. We'll be back next week with another awesome guest. We will see you then.